Hey everyone, this is John Hallett with the John Hallett Podcast, and today I'm sitting with Bill Anderson. How you doing, Bill? Good, thank you. Good, doing well. Great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, we wanted to talk about several things today, but I want to get a little background on you so the listeners can uh, learn a little bit more about you. You're a super busy guy, still find time for your fitness and your self-defense. Tell us a little bit about you. So my son-in-law puts it, uh, puts it best. He says that I can give people the light, I can fix their lights, and I can knock their lights out. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a pastor um, of a small church, and I've been there for going on 13 years. Uh, we own our own electrical heating and cooling business, and then also um, we, we teach self-defense, and we, we do self-defense. And so quite busy. Uh, I have three grown children um, and five grandchildren, which are always at the house. They all work for us. So uh, even during the day, we're uh, working and the grandkids are running around and it's, it's, it's very, uh, very busy around our house for sure. Yep. That sounds fun. So yeah, I don't think a lot of people would know you're a pastor. Um, you're super aggressive in Krav Maga, but yeah. I look at that as the protector. Yeah, it's always interesting, especially I have conversation with some of those uh, church-going people because, you know, you know, Jesus turned the other cheek and all this stuff. And a lot of stuff just, just gets taken out of context. You know, um, you know, there's a time to turn the other cheek and there's a time to, to protect. And I often ask people who say, hey, turn your other cheek. And it's like, so if your wife or your daughter was getting raped, would you turn the other cheek? It's like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to defend. And I don't think God wants you to look at that and go, oh, I'm turning the other cheek. You know, there's a time to, time to step up and, and be that protector. Um, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit, but, you know, man was created uh, to, to tend and to keep the garden and to overcome and subdue the world. That's what Adam was, was given charge of there at the very beginning. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at that subdue and overcome the world, what does that mean exactly? You know, so I don't think uh, being a passive person is really what it's all about. You know, it's about insurance and it's about being able to protect yourself and, and to go home safe. And you look at a lot of people, you know, even through the Old Testament, you know, they were they were warriors for God. Um, and even there in the New Testament, Jesus says, hey, pick up your sword and it's time to time to go to work. You know, uh, I believe that when it's not life threatening or, you know, somebody's just calling you names or somebody maybe spits in your face or something. Yeah, we can turn the other cheek. But, you know, if somebody's going to threaten my life or threaten my family's life, um, it's it's time to uh, to pick up that sword. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I often will ask the kids when they can use their Krav Maga skills, when can they punch somebody, when is it right? And sometimes you're like, they just don't get it yet. And I think, you know, that's a little bit of our society. Presently, um, mm -hmm. they, they just don't get it. And I'm like, what's going to happen to all the good people if the good people aren't willing to use essentially violence? Mm -hmm. It's an awful thing. I always tell the kids, it's an awful thing to have to punch somebody and hit them. It, the body's not designed to get hit. It's a terrible thing to see and have to do. But if that person's going to do harm to me, I can't just sit by and ask them to stop. There's right. a time for every tool. Uh, I think that's very important mm -hmm. for our kids to be learning to, to stand up for themselves. There's a huge bully problem these days. I, I talk to parents all the time and it's a zero tolerance yet 
there are so many kids being bullied and the schools have a zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say, if yeah. you stand up to that bully. <laughs> and attackers are looking for victims and you don't have to be a victim, right? There's a difference between being a victor and a victim. Absolutely. And walking in confidence and, and just carrying yourself correctly. And I think that's what, what Krav brings to the table mostly. You know, you eliminate a good 90% of the, the potential threats out there just by the way you carry yourself and being aware. Yeah, um, that's, that confidence. That's a game changer. Yeah. yeah, people really, they can see that. They don't want to mess with anybody and just having confidence and not being afraid is, is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So, right. I remember a time I was walking with a childhood friend. We had reconnected um, kind of in our early 20s and we were in Providence, Rhode Island, not always the the best section, especially it's a little bit nicer now these days. It's been a while since I've been back there, but you know, there's some biker bars and some things of that nature. And I was walking with this, my old friend and walking past these bikers. And she's like, I've always been with guys that would go on the other side of the street Mm -hmm. and walk by. You just walk by and like, just acknowledge them. Like, I'm not like, Hey, how you doing? I'm not going to be afraid and weak of you, but I'm not going to be messing with you either. Right. Um, and that confidence, you know, shows through. And, you know, hey, guys, a woman loves a confident guy that's, you know, going to protect her and not run to the other side of the street. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just been two instances just this year where um, some things happened. Uh, one was with Union Station with my wife when we got off the train. And she had bought some some things up at Glenwood Springs and was carrying them in a little shopping bag. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this homeless person coming right towards the bag. And, and all I did was step in front of her. And, and she veered off and circled around and you know made some comments to herself and then tried to come in between us and grab that bag. And I just I grabbed my wife and pulled her into me. And she's like, well, what are you doing? I says, you don't see what's going on right now? <laughs> you know, and I says, this lady's trying to, trying to take your bag. And, and none of that, she was totally clueless to all that. But, you know, there was no violence in there. I was just aware. Yeah. And I, I got in the middle. Um, and then we had it later this summer where we went to the Rockies game for, for Faith Day. And I had my church with me. And there's, uh, you know, we had a couple young girls that are, that are with us in our church. And we were walking back to our car and... I noticed this guy walking right at us, and, and he was just eyeing her, um, and I just stepped right in front and, and you know, kind of was that buffer between me and her, and, and uh, you know, he veered off and started, you know, talking to himself, too, again, but, uh, you know, uh, these people are clueless to that, and I was actually talking to her mom a couple Sundays ago, and, and I was like, do you remember... Do you remember? And she's like, I didn't know. I had no idea that happened. And it's like, yeah, it's just being self-aware. It's looking around, you know, of your surroundings and, and noticing these potential threats and just intervening right there. There was no violence in either one of those. But uh, I stopped a potential incident from happening, um, whether it was just taking our bag or, or you know, being stupid to a, to a young teenage girl or whatever. Um, but all those were eliminated just... Uh, be, because of my Krav training and there was no there was no punches there was no kicks there was nothing done but just that self yeah it's just that being aware and looking around I think people are just so clueless like the, get out of your phone yeah <laughs> there you go there's a self-defense tip for you right, right. get your you know face out of your phone stop scrolling and being aware especially when you're out you know I was just at uh, the Kevin Hart show this past Sunday up at the 
ball arena and taking the light rail and you've got to be there are some sketchy people on that and you've got to be aware of what they're doing who's getting on and off you don't want somebody to get on the train and just be oblivious so i think that just awareness where so many people are not aware my wife will constantly like you're quiet and i'm like I'm scanning the crowd. Yeah. I'm like looking around and I like to people watch anyway. So it falls right into, you know, being aware and checking your surroundings and, you know, what what could be a weird situation coming up? You know, there's plenty of those. So, yeah, it makes it hard to, to be in crowds anymore because you're on you're on high alert and it's super stressful for me because I'm just just on that pivot. And then there's that fine line where you don't want to cross it where you look like you're you know, yeah. looking for trouble or you're, you know, you're scanning the crowd or whatever. You got to learn that, that balance. Of yeah. That looking kind of, normal. <laughs> yeah. Looking normal, not yeah. looking like you're a stalker yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A couple of years ago we went to New York city and that was, I, I couldn't get out of there fast enough because I was just so stressed just because of all the busyness and I couldn't, I couldn't watch everything, you know, and, and people are bumping into you like it's normal normal life to them yeah and i'm like what do you don't touch me you know you're too close and because it's just a different you know atmosphere there yeah but uh yeah interesting stuff but that's um it's 90 percent of it right there you know i always tell people with krav i says it's an insurance policy you know it's uh you have car insurance you have house insurance i mean you don't you don't hope for a car wreck you don't hope for a, a fire in your house but but when it happens you're sure glad you have it yeah. You know, and, and if I get attacked or if something happens, I'm sure glad I've got that ability to defend myself. Yeah. I tell people all the time, might as well start even once a week, you know, in a well-rounded system like Krav Maga, where we're covering the gamut of what could happen to you. We're not specializing. So if you're short on time, you got a day or two a week, you've got that in insurance policy that you've done something you have a basic understanding you're throwing some punches you're learning basic jokes Mm -hmm. and you know weapon threats it's going to make you a a ton confident in a short amount of time is the big thing that's why it is so popular Um, the Israelis military uses it Um, it's very practical where anybody has to serve so you don't need to spend hours and hours training for that insure you know to get a good benefit out of it you know you you spend a couple mornings a week doing a walk you're going to get a benefit for that you spend a couple hours a week training a self-defense system you're going to be better whatever it is what got you looking for self-defense originally you had never done anything up until Krav Maga or Um, I did in high school I did Taekwondo I uh, when I was in high school I cleaned um, this fitness club that had a Taekwondo class in in Aurora there and uh and he let me take the Taekwondo classes as part of being, you know, the janitor or whatever. And I uh, did a roundhouse kick, blew out my knee, so that didn't last very long. That was about the extent of it. Um, and then, of course, I, I did join the Army, and so I've got some of that, you know, basic hand combat skills that I acquired from, from the Army training, not really much. But what got me into it was I, I got my concealed carry. Uh, and then, you know, being an electrician, you can't really carry a firearm on the job, you know, going through an attic, going through a crawl space or with a tool belt on, I might go for my screw gun and actually grab the wrong thing. I was like, man, I'm going to shoot myself, you know? (laughs) So, um, I also worked on some pretty high profile security clearance, um, venues and there was no way I was gonna, I mean, they vetted your tools 
um, every day when you walked into work and there's no way I was going to. So I started to go, okay, how can I defend myself without my firearm? I got my concealed carry now, but nine times out of 10, I can't carry it with me. So what, what can I do? And so I started searching on the internet how to defend yourself without a firearm. And that's what led me to, uh, to Krav Maga. And so that's how I got into it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's always hard when, you know, so many people say, I have a gun. That's my self-defense. And there's situations you can't. You're at work. So many places, you know, you can't have that gun on the workplace. But there's also times that that's not the answer. Right. And that's my philosophy. I want to be Mm well-rounded. You know, that's kind of my peaceful warrior concept that I want to use this for good. But I want to be well-rounded. I can't say I have a gun and I'm good. Right. So being well-rounded, it's, you know, always, I think it's a lot of like-minded people find that self-defense system where they're, you know, they have concealed carry, but they want to be Mm well-rounded. Yeah, you always got to ask that question, what if, right? I mean, I have a gun, but what if I don't have ammo? What if my gun malfunctions? What if, you know, I'm I'm caught without it? Uh, You know, there's always those what ifs. Yeah. And so, you know, what do I do if I don't have this? You know, you got to be able to go to to plan B or C or D or whatever. Um, and so that's what led me to crawl because it's like, how can I protect myself with, with nothing, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's how I, it's those things. Actually, we had a concealed carry holder a number of years ago. I grabbed, um, one of our female instructors. I don't know if she was teaching or what, but I'm like, okay, Megan, don't do anything. Don't do Krav Maga. Don't like, I want to see what the class does with me attacking you at gunpoint. So I was holding in a hostage situation. Somebody quickly went over to where all the handguns are in the drawer, got out a handgun because they're concealed carry. So they were mocking up their life and proceeded to, you know, bang, bang. And I was like, you didn't have a gun on you that instant. You went over the drawer and got a gun. Mm -hmm. I was a little annoyed there, but as I went, I'm like, okay, so let's look at this. So you just shot, but our waiting room in the gym was actually uh, years ago had, it was, it was sectioned off and it had just big glass windows that we eventually had taken out. And there was some kids there doing their homework as their parents did the class. I'm like, so you just took rounds at me, but right behind me are these two kids. Right. Did you see that? Well, no. I, I'm like, okay. Well, first, <laughs> you didn't have a gun in this scenario, but you went and grabbed one because that was, quote, your life. But you just put rounds on there, and there was people behind. Right. Fundamental error of just... Oh, bad guy, pull my gun and shoot. It's not always the answer. It's, you know, a really good answer a lot Mm -hmm. of times, but now you're putting innocent people in the line of fire potentially. Right, right. So, yeah, that's the scary thing about with concealed carry people is is they they just want to pull and shoot. And it's like, hey, you got to think of where that bullet goes. You know, like in my church, um, I'm positioned you know, in a, in a way that I can see the back door and nobody else can because everybody's back is to it. Now, we try to put people there to, to monitor that door, but if somebody comes in, you know, I'm the first one to see it. And if, if there is a threat, 
and let's just say he comes in with a with a firearm i pull my firearm and i've got you know 50 people between us and i don't have a clear shot because now they're going to start standing up they're going to start running and i'm going to probably shoot the wrong person you know so we, you got to have that yeah that firearm and a crowd yeah mm-hmm. of yep. being able to react and have you know every tool like you know i grew up um, being a contractor and working for my father and eventually becoming a contractor myself before I found Krav Maga and was able to do it full time. But there's a tool for every job. And if you don't have the right tool, right. you're in trouble. I always, t- I always tell the kids, now you have to go to Home Depot and rent a tool. <laughs> or um, if you need a muffin pan or if you want muffins, you need a muffin tin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the boys just look at me. I'm like, you need a well-equipped kitchen and a well-equipped garage and be well-equipped with your stand-up skills, your punches, your kicks, your ground fighting, you need to be well-rounded. You want that tool when you need it. Right. Otherwise, you're in real trouble. Right, for sure, for so. sure. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the, the biggest thing of how I got into it. I mean, I've done, I've done lots of things in my life. I was a professional magician for eight years. Oh, yeah, um, I never make fun of you for that. Yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> Only one on one. I've never, I've never brought that up in a class. Yeah, most people don't know it, but yeah. I, I actually performed at the White House for George W. Bush. Um, I know. I love that story. I performed for you know a lot of a lot of sports teams. We were offered a couple of TV shows, um, turned them down um, because of right around that time. I got offered to, to take over the church and I couldn't tour. I would do 500 shows a year touring all over the place. And wow. I got some crazy stories with that because we would tour uh, the lower region of, of Texas, literally a mile from the border, the Rio Grande Valley. And uh, man, we were on lockdown often. I'd be doing a, doing a show up there with my, my puppet and the principal would be in the back doing you know the signal for stretch. <laughs> You know, or the, the, one of the teachers would come up and they'd whisper in my ear, we're on lockdown, there's a gunman outside. Um, you gotta hold the audience until we get the situation. I mean, these are all true stories. Yeah. And I'm up there going, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> you, know? okay. Um, you know, after I run over my, my spiel, it's like, okay, now what? You know, trying to figure out things. We were one time loading in to a, to a school and there was this Toyota truck just come flying through the, the, the playground and then all these border patrol people were after him. They actually uh, ended up catching him in the middle of the, the soccer field, pulling him down. And I'm just watching this going, what the heck's going on? And they're like, oh, it, it's a truck running drugs. And they caught him. I mean, just crazy stories down there wow. um, of things. But yeah, I used to, used to do uh, lots, of, lots of shows down there. And um, yeah, and then when the church came on, I couldn't, couldn't tour around anymore. And uh, um, kind of stopped doing all that yeah made a decision yeah well yeah. tell me like i think people would be really curious how did you get invited to the white house so i started from all from church i went to this uh this conference where they did things for how to how to teach kids and it was like a children's ministry thing and one of the guys there was uh, uh doing illusions gospel illusions and he did this trick where he took a needle and he put it through the balloon and didn't pop the balloon. I thought that was pretty cool. One of my hobbies was knife making. So I had a forge and I had all that stuff at home. I went home that night and made that trick. Came back the next day and I went to the guy and I was like, hey, you know that needle trick? He's like, yeah. I said, I made it. He's like, you made it? And he was kind of blown away with that. So I told him, I said, yeah, I make knives. And he's like, I love knives. He's like, will you teach me how to make knives? And I said, hey, I'll teach you how to make knives. Will you teach me how to do this? 
And so we kind of became friends and I taught him how to forge knives and he taught me all kinds of, you know, magic stuff. And, and before long I was doing shows. Uh, we, we moved out to Chicago for a bit, uh, right around 9-11. And I was working for a company and doing magic on the side. I was doing, I was making just as much doing magic as I was as a project manager in an electrical company. Wow. And then 9-11 happened and me being the new guy, I was the first guy let go. And I just said, well, I'm just going to keep going with this magic thing um, and continue to do that. Got into doing a, a show called the Pro Kids Show, which was a character building show for schools, elementary schools. And I'd go around and do uh, these assemblies. And that's what I was doing in Texas, uh, going down there. And by the way, a mile off the border, the most patriotic people you ever met in your life. You would think that they're not, but they are super more patriotic than, than here. Uh, I got an example. I was doing a show in Converse City, and they're like, well, we need to get an interpreter because half of our audience, you know, half our families are Spanish-speaking. And, you know, I go down there where legitimately half the people can't speak English. And I was like, are you going to have an interpreter? And, and the, the principal's like, heck no, they live in America. They better learn to speak English. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it's totally different mindset, uh, mind-blowing down there. But um, so I was doing these shows, and, uh, and through the Pro Kids show, um, we were invited to do the, uh, the Easter egg roll. And so I, I went out there and um, did the show. That was right around 9-11 too. So that was an interesting story because I have all these props. Um, I have this thing that would control my old iPod at the time and it looked a little clock on it. It looked like a freaking bomb. And could you imagine trying to clear <laughs> yeah. TSA with that, right? And they're pulling out all my tricks and, and they're like, I have this little flag that folds down to, Oh, about 12 inches or so, and then it expands out to, to three foot. It's like a three-foot flag. And um, they're like, what does this do? And it was just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But, um, and there at the White House, I, I met the producers for, for a couple of the TV shows that I got invited on. And so, yeah, it's just kind of how it, how it all came together. But, yeah, I was invited through that character-building group that I was with, with the Pro Kids show. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That, what a privilege. To be able to say you performed at the White House, just let alone go to the White House yep. for an yep. event, but yeah. to perform for the White House, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's crazy too, because you know I'm there on the South Lawn, and you're looking around, and you see you know snipers on the top of the buildings and in the trees. <laughs> it's just, it's um, it's quite the experience, I, I tell you. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I have lots of lots of fun stories that most people are like, man, you must have, you've lived like three lifetimes. And it's like, I've always had this philosophy of, um, you know, I grew up with the parents that are like, you choose a career career and you stick with it. And that's what you do. And I was like, yeah, I want to do what I want to do. And so if I got a whim, you know, I'm going to be a magician, then that's what I did. You know, I just went and did it. I wanted to do it. So I went and did it. Yeah. And you know, changed. I think that's, you know, one thing when I started Krav Maga that my father didn't really think it was a legitimate thing, Yeah. you know, to be able to do it. So, you know, a big part of it was to prove to him like, no, I, there's people out there, they do this as a career. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And I don't think he really believed that. And, you know, I eventually was, you know, really doing carpentry and Krav Maga and fitness and I was working two jobs and I was like, look, I can step away from the carpentry career and not be a contractor anymore. And 
make a living at this. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of blew the traditional guy away of, what? that's not really real, you know, that's, right. that's for the movies. Right, right. So. and what's cool about a, a trade like carpentry, or even I started off in the electrical trade. I actually started off as a, as what you call an AMP mechanic. When I was in the army, I was the crew chief for the Cobra helicopter. If you know what the Cobra helicopter oh, yeah. is, it's the two seater, and the the front seat was the gunner slash crew chief. Um, that's what my job was in, in the army, and so I thought, you know, um, coming out of the army, uh, I was going to work on, you know, airplanes. And so I went to Colorado Aerotech and and just decided that that wasn't for me got into the electrical thing, but having a trade, you know, is so important because it's, it's in your back pocket. You can, that never goes away. You know, that skill set. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to get updated because technology changes and things like that, but you always have that. And, you know, now that, you know, went back to the church and stopped doing the magic, um, it's like, Hey, I can, I can still use my skill set and go back and do electrical work. Um, and, and that's what I did, you know? And so we, we reopened up arc electric and, and, kind of became our own boss. You know, that's a, that's a, I think that's the biggest lie of, you know, becoming your own box. Boss gives you freedom because, uh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> if, you know, uh, you still have a boss and that's your customers and, and yeah. things of that nature. In fact, you have to work a lot harder. It's a lot easier to punch a clock than it Absolutely, is. Absolutely. Yeah. Know. Anybody that's self-employed knows where you're coming from. I was just talking to our producer here and he's like, I hope people pay me. Being self-employed is hard. Mm -hmm. It is. It's, you know, you're, you never know when, you know, things are going to stop. But right. I always tell people, I'm like the same. You don't know if your company's going under. Right. You don't know what's going on. Right. But being in charge of yourself, it's, yeah, you take the day off and you slack off. Yeah. <laughs> it's hurting you. It it's, hurts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, big corporate America, people are slacking off and how productive they are but as a self-employed people you kind of really see that and go gosh yep, yep, yep. i need to be putting in the time because there's not enough time in the day right right that's and we got 25 people now working for us and wow. so it's you know hey if i don't eat no big deal but uh you know if if we go down i'm responsible for all these people and and it's my kids you know my girls and my son-in-laws all work for us and it's like that's a higher a degree of stress because I gotta I gotta keep them going. You yeah, know? I mean I can't let them down. You know, and so it doesn't stop. It's it's seven days a week, twenty four seven. I mean, me and my wife will sit there, and it's like, even last night, you know, eight o'clock at night, we're sitting there watching the, the the TV and stuff, and she's talking business, and I'm like, you know, we gotta you gotta have that boundary. You gotta stop. It's just non-stop. You know, and so I don't think people realize that with with owning a business. Now it does allow me some freedom. Like, you know, here it is, you know, morning and I'm here talking with you, but, but it takes some time to, to get there. Yeah, sure. it does. Definitely. I think a lot of gym owners think it's going to be just all running the gym and having fun in classes, but you have to run that beast and build it and get people to come and advertise. You have to be so well-rounded right. these days. That's what always you know, I just go, oh, I wish we could just go back to the newspaper when I started and I could put an ad in the newspaper. And now I've got, you yeah. know, a social media manager, a producer of the podcast and all this other thing. You're like, it go and everything I do to run a gym is just so different than yeah. 20 years ago. And, you know, you start hiring people and you're like, oh, gosh, we got to keep this thing going because I've got to give them a raise this year. Right. 
And, and I think that's, you know, another hard aspect of it. You're like, you got to pay to keep good people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think customers don't understand that. They like, how much is it going to cost to put in these? Like, these guys have got to live here in Colorado. Yes. You know, I've got to pay our coaches, our, you know, our full-time people. Like, mm-hmm. they're trying to survive here. You can't pay them nothing if you want good people. I mean, you get what you pay for from, you know, electrical contracting to a gym. Right, right. You know, people often say, hey, I'm going to open up my own business. Because, you know, some of our electricians, you know, they see what we bill out. And they're like, man, you guys are making all kinds of money. They have no idea. Yeah, but, uh, the overhead. If, once you open a business, you are no longer, in my case, an electrician. You're no longer, you know, a, a, a Krav Maga instructor. You're now a business owner. And it's, you have to now look at it that way because it's, it's a total different mindset. It's a total different skill set. Um, you know, it's totally different. Uh, because you you still do that that role right we're still you're still teaching you're still performing those jobs you know um, in my case not so much anymore but you're still doing those and you still have that that capability but my focus now has to be on on running the business you know making sure the price points there getting the best uh, price I can on on equipment you know keeping the the funnel full keeping the the people coming in keeping the employees happy I mean I think more more so than not, I'm more of a <laughs> babysitter now than anything. You know, just just keeping people going is 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 hard in itself, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd like to sh- thank our show sponsor today is Rocky Mountain Self Defense and Fitness. If you'd like to come in and try a couple classes for free, just mention the podcast and we'll give you an extended trial here. You can visit us at rmsdf.com or you can give us a call at 720 504 5959. We'd love to help you out on the self defense or the fitness side. So tell me about your personal training and your lanes. Can you? elaborate that for everybody listening sure i mean i've been doing this a long time i mean uh 50 now and um struggled with a lot of just figuring out trying to figure out what to do um you know there's a lot of pressure out there with with people saying oh you should do this and you should do this exercise program you should do this diet you should do you know whatever it is and uh, for for many years i was all over the place and not really finding the the good fit for me um and i think lately i've now kind of kind of zoned in on that and and just found purpose of why i do things and i, and I call it my lanes and it's a an analogy to driving down the road you know when i'm driving down the road i want i want to stay in my lane right people are trying to pull me out of it you know trying to you know i'm all over the place if i'm distracted i'm not staying in there and so so i've kind of come up with this this thinking of of What's my purpose? Uh, and it kind of all starts off with the makeup of man and, and what, is, what, what do I believe is, is for me? And that's the other thing, too, is you've got you to discover what's for you um, because you can't make somebody into something that they're not. That's just always a, a big struggle. And I think, you know, in the fitness world and in the, the world we live in, that's what we're trying to do. You know, how many times have you had someone come up to you and say, hey, John, you should be doing this or, or, you know, I think you need to do this. And it's like suggestions are good, but it's like if I'm if I'm a square peg, don't try to pound me into that round hole. And so I kind of come up with this lane thing 
So I define who I am and what I think the, the makeup of man is. Now, when you hear all this stuff, understand that's for me. The challenge is, is you got to find this fit for you. you. Yeah, that's... Um, and so I, I have this threefold strong theory, and it's based off of a, a Bible verse of a threefold cord is not easily broken. And the threefold cord would be you, know, you and your wife and, and God being that third strand to, to make it really, really strong. So that's the principle behind it. So for me, the, the complete man is um, someone who is spiritually strong, mentally strong, and physically strong. And so that's what I focus my, my life on. Um, I want to be spiritually strong. I want to have a right relationship with, with God so that my relationships with other people are, are reflective of that. I want to be mentally strong because I can think sharp. I can remember things. So I want to build that, that mental strength. And then physically strong because I want to be what I call gas station ready. You know, if I'm sitting there at the gas station filling up the pump and I'm attacked, can I go? You know, can I, can I do what's called, um, what the call is, is, is upon me? Can I run? Can I, whatever it may be, okay? Um, and now I look at my lanes. And so part of this is also from that book, um, The Men We Need, that we talked about. You know, the garden. I really love the picture of the garden. So Adam was, was made to tend and to keep the garden. And, and we, we all have a garden, and we're all different, and our gardens are all different, but that's our, that's our call. That's our purpose in life. And so as I, as I go through life, my garden changes, but let's just use where I'm at now. Um, and so I have my wife is one section of the garden, right? Um, I have my business is another section. And then I have my church as another section. So in the garden picture, you know, you get the tomato plants, that's your wife, you got the whatever, um, that's another section. So now looking at that garden, um, I need to tend and to keep it. So I need to make sure that my wife's and my relationship is physically strong, spiritually strong, and mentally strong. And so when I decide to do things, does it fit within that lane? Okay. Anything else is a distraction. There's a difference between a good work and a great work. And I tell my church this all the time. I says, hey, a good work is feeding the homeless downtown. It's you know, building wells in Africa, giving people chickens and cows in Africa. Those are good things. Um, nothing wrong with that. But what we do is we get so f- hyper-focused on good things that we forget the great thing. The great thing is what our calling is right now. And so I could be doing, let's just say, CrossFit or, or BJJ or boxing or whatever. There's, those, those are good things. But they're not great things for me because they don't fit within that lane. Right. Remember, my lane is is can I protect, can I provide and can I can I build my garden? Um, And so when it comes to my wife, um, is is BJJ going to help me defend my wife? Yeah, maybe it's a good thing. But the Krav is a great thing because now I'm able to protect her. And so that fits in my lane. Okay, Um, how do I work out? Um, You know, I used to do CrossFit for you guys. And it was interesting because I was a CrossFit trainer, coach. Yeah, for a long time. But I wasn't doing it because I didn't care what my deadlift was. I didn't care how many thrusters I could do. I don't don't care how quickly I can get through a particular wad. That wasn't fitting my lane anymore. Um, My lane now is, is, hey, am I able to physically work? Can I crawl through an attic? Can I, can I pull myself up? Can I, can I lift these things? Can I, 
you know, can I win a fight if my wife gets attacked? Can I, you know, defend myself if I need to? Um, that became my focus. So the good, CrossFit being good, BJJ being good, let's turn those into great things and let's hyper-focus on, on those skill sets. And so that's what my lane became. And so now, as I move through decisions and, and stuff, if it doesn't fit that lane, um, it's, it's a waste of time for me. Yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting how we both kind of came to similar um, positions on fitness. Um, you know, I really loved CrossFit. My wife, you know, loves it more than I do um, and loves chasing that clock. But where we switched to Project Fit going, I just want to be strong and well-rounded in my fitness and strong when I'm older. I don't want to be hurt when you're doing something so fast and trying to chase a time and just trying to be faster. Mm -hmm. um, and so many people got caught up in that time and they, they disregarded the most important thing was proper form. And that's where we try to rein people back in and go have good form in your technique, you know, have some measurable things, but we want to be strong and healthy as we get older. And that's where, you know, we've kind of mixed things up where we have, you know, our strength days and things are, or different people are like it's similar to CrossFit. You know, we had, you know, there's a lot of good things that constantly varied functional fitness, but I just felt it wasn't going in the direction I would, you know, I did it for 13 years and that's where we switched to Project Fit. And it's interesting that we both kind of came to similar conclusions. It's kind of why I wanted to sit down and talk with you because we have so many uh, morning conversations after class that, you know, we don't have a cup of coffee. Um, and I'm like, really, we should be sitting down for a cup of coffee and talking about these great things and just the way we look at protecting our families, right. you know, what type of men we are. I'm always trying to improve. And that's why I love our conversations because I think, you know, some people get tied in to, you know, they hear something from the Bible mm -hmm. and you're like, take it for what it is for that person and put it into your lane. Right. If that's not your thing, because it, it's all so similar. There's so many things that I was just like, what's the difference? Just like, you know, we're talking before of, you know, elections and political um, issues, people are really more closely <laughs> aligned than they think, right. but they just go off and be like, what? What, the garden? Oh, oh, gosh, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, just change that a little bit for you. Right, get, right. Get, they're all, everything is just so close. Um, yeah, yeah. That people get turned off immediately and so, and so offended. And you're like... Yeah take it for what it is. That's what I always take people at. I'm like, what can, can I pick up something interesting from this person? Can I get one little thing that might improve me as a person? So I think, you know, it's interesting that you've kind of morphed that way and, you know, looking at, you know, being able to run a business and not mm -hmm. crush yourself and be able to play with those grandkids. Yeah. And that's, um, that's how I got into fitness to begin with. I mean, I've got pictures of when I started here and I was, I was a big guy. Yeah. You, know, you had fact, some big pants. I've, I, yeah. I've got, I still got those clothes and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I think I need to find somebody to give these to because they're just so huge. But, um, it was when, you know, Obama was in and you know, the whole Obamacare was, was coming out and I always kind of made a joke. I says, well, my Obamacare is going to be my garden and, and my fitness. 
right? And that's when I really took matters into my own hands because it's, it's I tell my, my, my um, electrical uh, employees all the time, I says, we always have to be in control of the situation, right? And it's like, you gotta be in control of your life. You gotta be in control of your situation. And you gotta take your health and your security and your everything and you got to be in control of it you know because you can't allow other people to do it because again they'll they'll steer you into some other lane that you shouldn't be in you know um just one more quick funny story i when i would do school shows i would tell stories from the bible in my public school assemblies um, the Good Samaritan story is, is a great one. And I changed it, obviously. I would say there was once was a man from a, the land of yellow and he was walking through this land and somebody attacked him because he was, you know, from the different land. And I'd have teachers come up to me and some teachers that knew the story would be like, I know that you got that. You know, they kind of whispered off the side. Yeah. Then I have other teachers go, that's a great story. Where'd you get it from? And I was like, oh, the Bible. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. You can't be doing that stuff here. Well, just a second ago, you said it was the greatest it's story you ever heard. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so. And, and I always ask people because they, I'd have this a lot in schools, and they would say, and I would say, so are you telling me you have a problem with honesty, with doing the right thing, with taking care of your neighbor? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, that's all I shared. That's all I shared, right? What's yeah. the problem here? But they get, to your point, they get so hung on a word and um, it just, or, yeah, it just, it takes, just, just derails them. Right? Yeah. I mean, years ago, I mean, I always, you know, for years um, when we did CrossFit, I had um, a guy that hated CrossFit. And we, in a Krav Maga class, we did, and it was a really short little AMRAP. I think I can't even remember what it was, but... It, it was a named CrossFit girl workout. Mm. And he told like, that was awesome. And there was a couple, he was in law enforcement. There was a couple other guys from his department that loved CrossFit and had gotten him into the gym for Krav Maga. And they, they were doing both. Um, I, and he, he comes up to me after the end of the class. He's like, that was the best workout. That was really good. We should do more of that. I'm like, you mean the CrossFit workout that we did? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was great. And he thinks it's Krav Maga because he's in Krav Maga class. I'm like, no, that's from our CrossFit program. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it anymore because you like labeled it. it. And, yeah. you know, to, again, there's nothing. I'm not going to sit here and say don't ever do CrossFit because that, that will violate my own advice, right? CrossFit's good. It's just not great for me. And so will I ever do a CrossFit? Sure, sure. Sometimes, you know, I come to some of your classes and we do CrossFit style things and, and that's fine. I'm just not going to focus on that because that doesn't fit my lane. And once I, once I define my lane, now it becomes easy. Now I run everything through that filter. Does it check this box? And, and with limited time, because I have limited time, you know, I've got a full-time church, I've got a full-time business, Teach self-defense. People are like, why do you teach self-defense? Because that really is where I can um, legally hit people and be okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's really a stress relief for me. It really is mental um, therapy uh, because I can just, I can do that stuff. I don't know what it is, but um, it doesn't matter. There's 
I don't care about any money that I might make from from teaching Krav Maga. It's 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 my release. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I just love it so much, and and just I feel so good afterwards. But anyway, I I, I filter everything through that lanes thing for me. Now you have to define your lane, and that's probably the hardest part. I think that's really hard for people just to define right. and take charge because they just get there's so many distractions in life these days. And things pulling them in a gazillion directions. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's a, that's why I wanted to sit down with you on this. Like, cause I think, you know, defining those lanes for you personally and what lane you want to be in for, right. you know, your free life. And that changes, right? You know, yeah. when I, when I was single, my garden was different. You know, um, I was, I didn't have a wife. And then when I got married now, now she became my responsibility, my garden. I, that's why I love that picture so much. And then when I had kids, well, that, you know, like put in the bean patch or whatever, yeah. you know, and so now I got it. And, and it's a perfect analogy because you know what? If you don't tend it, if you don't take care of that, the weeds grow. If you don't go pull the weeds, they'll choke out the, the, the fruit. You know, if you don't fertilize it, it doesn't grow. If you don't water it, you know, it's a great example. So now when, you, when you're defining your, yourself there, you're looking at your, your different garden things. It's like, well, what do I got to do to maintain that? What do I got to do to tend and what do I got to do to keep it? And that's how you decide what you participate in your life and what you, what you don't. Yeah. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with doing a CrossFit class every once in a while, but I'm just not going to focus my time on that good work when I can do something that is great. Right. And I, and I need to be able to provide for my family. Right. And for me, I need to be able to, to build something right? Fix something. That's just me again. And then I need to be able to, to provide and to be able to grow something. I need to be able to preserve that stuff. And then I need to be able to protect. I got to defend my life, defend my life, my family's life, or, or I might have to kick somebody's butt, you know? And so everything gets ran through that filter. And now my training is, okay, does it help drive me in that lane? Right. Um, do I care what my one you know, rep, one rep max in a deadlift is in, in, in winning the fight, in building something, in growing something? And the answer is no. Now, being able to perform a deadlift, sure, but it's a different perspective. I don't care how much. Yeah, or how fast. Or how fast. I just care, can I do it, right? And, and, and anymore, I've really abandoned a lot of that stuff, uh, as you and I have been talking, and I've really focused on just the calisthenics and, and even just isometrics, building those tendons because I'm tired of being hurt all the time, you know. Um, and that's the other thing too, you know. You During those CrossFit days, I'd be like, yeah, I'm so fit, I'm so healthy, but I can't get off the toilet. You know, it's like, well, if I needed to go right now, could I go? No, because I'm sore or because my I tweaked my back or I tweaked my, my shoulder and I can't perform. Now I'm injured. Like right now I'm injured. Had nothing to do with any of my training, by the way. It was a totally separate event, but I haven't been able to, to coach. I haven't been able to come to a class for like two. I've been able to work out for like three weeks now. And it's like that one decision now has hindered me from the great work that I should be doing for the past three weeks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard. Things pull you in directions and, you know, focused, uh, you know, when I found Krav Maga, I got super focused on that and I stopped working out the way I was. I mean, I was doing my like Krav Maga workouts, push-ups, calisthenics, and, you know, it kind of 
had forgotten about my kettlebell stuff and, you know, then had stumbled on CrossFit. But there was a lot of years that I had veered off, you know, that that streets that was right. more well-rounded where I've come back to um, in the last 10, 12 years of like, maybe longer, I don't know, we're both getting older, but you know, at least I don't have five grandkids. You're so, you're, yeah. you're like, you're a grandpa. <laughs> so every time you say, am I a day older than you? Is right. that what I think is? so, or no, a month. A month, yeah, 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 you say I'm older, but you know, hey, I don't have that grandpa attached to me yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can hold that and the magician thing over you. <laughs> Even though I did do magic the other day in the kids, the teen class, they thought it was super funny. Um, it was just like distraction. Look over here. Hey. And they, I don't know. They thought it was hysterical. I'm like, distract them. It's like, look over here and kick them in the groin. <laughs> misdirection. <laughs> so yeah, it was that little Krav Maga misdirection, but I took it as like, be a magician. So yeah, that, it's, it's funny because there's a lot of shirts, you know, in the electrical for, field that says, um, I'm not a magician, I'm an electrician because a lot of people expect you to pull off the miracles, you know. Yeah. Like, well, I can't really wear that shirt because <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it, it, that's why I love that garden picture because you just nailed it, right? You, you neglected a part of that garden, right? You yeah. didn't water it, you didn't tend it, and now you got to go back and yeah, you got to... Yeah, you had to build up that basic yeah. strength. Like, God, I hadn't, mm -hmm. you know, done a back squat and I hadn't been deadlifting. I wasn't doing those. Stuff. I was doing all calisthenics. And that's where, you know, I like our project fit, that it's well-rounded. It's more diverse than our old CrossFit program. You know, the focus is like, go at a good pace for you, mm -hmm. you know, push yourself. But every day doesn't have to be this max effort, chase the clock, Try to beat your time because I think, you know, people like ourselves that are driven, sometimes, you know, a program like that of trying to get better, get better, get better, we end up hurt because I ended up hurt or tendonitis and, yeah. you know, pulled muscles of having that. I'm going to chase that class. I got to do better. Yeah. You know, some, I think, you know, some people, <laughs> it, it really hurts them because they are mental. They are so driven. Right. Versus the person that can't get out of the couch, you got the person that overtrains or just yeah. pushes it too many times. Right. So I mean, yeah, I can't work out next to you because I'm like, no, he didn't do that. Oh, okay, now I got to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, checking the ego is always hard, right? But, it, it is super hard. Yeah, but I just, that's you know, so like going back to that lane thing, you know, when I work out, I have a I have a power day, I have a speed day. And then I have a strength day because that fits that in there, right? Because, you know, hey, in order to, to I got to be able to move, right? Punch fast, move fast. That's a, that's a big problem I've had throughout my whole crowd thing is, you know, I'm not that Ferrari. You know, I'm not like you. You know, I'm more of that Mack truck, just stand there and get hit and wait for my shot. And then I'm going to end it, you know, I, and that's something I've really been trying to work on is, is getting a little bit more faster and fluid. So I have a, I have a speed day where I just focus on speed. And then I have a, um, a power day where I just focus on power. And then I have uh, a day where I just focus on strength building. And so I, again, even now my workouts, right, are all focused towards my purpose, and it's not all just crop. It's can I can I go out and build something if I need to? Can I go out and repair something? Can I crawl through a crawl space? Can I get under a, a cabinet? Hey, if I fall down off of a roof, can I get myself back up? I mean, that's that's how I now 
live my life. But the hardest thing is defining that lanes. And it's not really that hard if you just picture the garden thing. Um, the challenge is, is you don't want to have, you know, a big garden. You know, you got to really be mindful of yeah, it. Yeah, then you're going to have to hire employees and now you're yeah. babysitting. And now you're babysitting. <laughs> so when I look at the, the Arc Electric Garden, right, what do I got to do to tend and to keep that section of the garden? Well, I got to make sure that you know, business is coming in. I got to make sure the employees are well-trained or are, are taken care of, you know, because if I don't equip them to do the job, then I, I handicap them. And so that's now how I live in that world. Um, the, the, you know, the, the wife thing is, is like, what do I got to do to build her up, to make her comfortable, to, 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 to keep our relationship going? Well, that looks different too. Um, and then as far as the church, how, what do I got to do there, you know, to keep, to keep that going. And they're all different, but I'm a big believer in mind maps. I love mind maps. And so I just mind map this out and then I just start exploring of what can I do and, and how can this accomplish whatever task I'm trying to do in the church. So if there's a need in, in the church, like how do I make sure that um, I'm keeping touch with everybody? Cause that's a very thing. You know, people want to be, they want to have that relationship with you. So how can I do that? So, okay, well, can I send out texts? Can I, you know, call people randomly every once in a while? And I just start brainstorming and exploring with that mind map, how I can accomplish that task. Um, how can I tend the garden with my wife? Um, what do I do to keep her built up? What do I do to, to, to maintain that relationship, making sure she is, is fulfilled, you know, date nights or, or, you know, doing reading time with her or encouraging words or whatever. And I just, I mind map that out. And then I, I create a plan for myself. It's a, it's a roadmap. And then I just go through and I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. Check those boxes. Um, and making sure that I do it. And then as far as personally, because none of this will make any sense if you don't take care of, you're the first priority of the garden, right? That garden is first you. You have to be a good steward of you, right? So now I go back to that, hey, am I mentally strong? Am I physically strong? And am I spiritually strong? I tell my, my employees all the time, you know, because being in the trades, you know, they're, they love their tools, right? They love tools. Now, there's some guys that love it a little bit more than others. Um, you know, they, they polish them up. They have a place for everything. And you got the people just throw them all in the back. But, but they take care of their tools because they know how valuable. You know, they can't, they can't drive that nail without a hammer. So they take care of that hammer, right? And I always tell the guys, I says, you're the most important tool, right? Without you, none of that works. And so, you know, I even pass this on to my employees. It's like, you know, you got to watch what you eat. You got to exercise a little bit, you know, because you, you're your best tool. And so now if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of any of those other areas of your life. So it all starts with you, but then you take what you're doing for you and just plug them into those other areas and you'll be, you'll be amazed at how simple it actually becomes. Yeah. Like once you build a habit and do it. Yep. It gets easier and easier. Like right. People are like, how do you work out so much and you're self-employed and you work this many hours? You're, it's just part of the routine. Right. It's part of tending that I've got to go over here and tend that. Right. I've got to work on this. You know, that, you know, it's all set forth right in front of you if you just put your mind to it and make time for it. Because I think people waste a ton of time. Right, right. 
Well, then you get complacent and you get lazy and then it all falls up and then you got to go back and pull those weeds. And yeah, pull the weeds. Or, yeah, if you're not if you're not paying attention to your wife and you don't take that time for date night and treat her like a girlfriend and mm -hmm. not get stuck in those routines, you know, it's just growing weeds and right. trying to keep that relationship going. You know, I, I think all the time, um, you know, my wife pushes me at something I like and I'm always trying to be a better man for her. Right. You know, I'm constantly like thinking of her and keeping her happy and what what fun thing can we do and it's you know just got to become part of the lane exactly yeah and then it becomes easy for you to, to determine what you participate in and what you don't participate in a lot of times you know um, even even as far as like you you go with me it's like how come bill you don't do these things with us you know i don't come to certain things and i don't it's like it just doesn't fit my lane i mean it's not that it's a bad thing it just i you know, I only have um, so much resource available. You know, you can also think of yourself as a bank account, right? And, and if you're always paying out, paying out, paying out, paying out, and you're never making those deposits, well, you become overdrawn, you know? And so as you look at your day, it's like, okay, well, I only have so much that I can spend today. And it's like, what am I going to do it on? You know, and it's not to say that those things, again, aren't good. Those things are good. But if they don't fit me, then... I get something gets neglected and you know, well, I'll participate in those things every once in a while. But if, if I get hyper focused on them, well, I'm yeah, there's only so much time in the day. Yep, exactly. And you're like, Hey, that, that gym function, I've got this over here. I've got to spend some time with my wife and my kids, whatever it may be. And I always tell I'm like, I totally respect that. Cause I'm the same way. Sometimes I'm like, I don't really need any more friends is what I'll tell my wife. I'm like, I have plenty of great people around me. Uh -huh. Do I really want to pursue going to dinner with these people? I don't know. It just seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah. Like I, I would rather spend time with some other friends or tend another. Cause if you neglect those friends to go to a random dinner or whatever it may be, I make those same calls. I mean, I'm also an introvert, so it, you yeah. know, my wife sometimes thinks that's an excuse, but, you know, I've definitely pushed myself, you know, out of my boundaries a lot in our relationship um, because she is not anywhere close to an introvert. So, mm -hmm. and that you can view that differently, right? So you can say, uh, hey, I don't need to go to dinner with these people, speaking to your wife. But if that's what she needs, that's you, in essence, tending her garden. Yeah, absolutely. By going to her. Yep, absolutely. You know, I so totally. Got to remember that. I too. have to psych myself up. I'm yeah. like getting myself ready all day. Like, okay, we're going to go to this dinner party or whatever it may be. I don't know these people. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But she needs that. She loves it. So, so you know, it pushes, you. Yeah. you know, pushes me outside of my comfort zone. So, I, you know, I look at it as a good thing, but it is what she needs. So I, I do tons of things of that nature, yeah. you know, to tend her garden. Right, right. That. And that's, it's as simple as that, but it's so simple that it's hard. And I think the hardest step is just really defining yourself. Um, you know, we, we can kind of end with this one last story. I, I had um, just recently, we went to a, 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 a function. Um, these people own a restaurant. We've known them for, for a long, long time. We pop in every once in a while. One of my daughters actually works there on the weekends. And so they're, they're family friends, if you will. Um, and so I was there 
and the uh, the owner of the restaurant, she lost her husband and recently got remarried. And uh, he came up to me um, at one of our grandchild's birthday parties. And, and her name is his Elise. And she was like, Bill, Bill, tell Steve what you do because, you know, gosh, you just look so good, you know. And, and, and Steve's like, yeah, what do you what, what do you do? How do I look like you? You know, and so I proceeded to tell him, you know, hey, I do this and I do this and I do this. And then he proceeded to tell me, well, that's not right. My doctor says you should do this. And, you know, I think you should do more. I think you need to run and you need to do a lot more cardio. And, uh, and I looked at him. I says, are you kidding me right now? This is literally what I said to him. I says, you just asked me what I do because you want to look like me. And now you're telling me what I do is wrong. I says, why are you asking me that question? He's like, well, I want to look at you. I want to look like you. And I'm like, well, then don't tell me what I should be doing. Look at yourself. There you go. Keep on that path, bud. There you go. Yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> keep doing that. You yeah. Know? yeah. But, it's, but it's, a, it's a perfect you know, uh, kind of story because people always want to try to pull you off of your, your path and, and, you know, and try to get you to do something else. Or they'll, my favorite thing too is, well, the doctor said, you know, just because you have a doctor behind you doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So many times those guys are the worst cases of physical fitness and they're out there giving advice and they're not even taking any advice on getting out there and working out. And yeah, it's, and so what do I do? I look at people who, um, who are in their sixties, who are in their seventies. Like, like I think you and I talked about Steve Maxwell, the guy's in his seventies and he's, he's doing crazy pull-ups and nothing really, you know, stupid, but he's doing pull-ups and he, he looks really good. And, and I'm looking at that guy going, you know what? I'm gonna take advice from him because I want to do that when I'm 70. Yeah. You know, um, and so when you when you look for people for advice, look look for people who are who are living it, who are doing it, not somebody who has studied it or people are like, oh, you're a master electrician. And I just passed my master mechanical. You're a master. And you know what I said, say to them? I say, you know what that means? It means I passed a test. It's really what it means. You know, I mean, but but, you know, being that example, being that um, a crop example you know, uh, people want to learn from you because when it's go time, you, you're able to perform. You're that example. So, uh, look for those people who, who are living what you want to be living like and listen to them. And it's probably going to be unorthodox. It's probably not going to go against the, the main, it's probably not going to go with the mainstream, um, stuff that's out there. It's probably going to be, there's some crazy remote, stuff and you're going to want to it's like you and I talk about with these isometrics and these super slow reps it's like man we're as we're doing them we're like I don't know I don't know if this is working John I'm going super slow I don't feel sore I don't feel but but it is working but it's it's just so against what we're used to what we've been programmed to yeah there's so much out there yeah. that is just kind of mainstream and programmed I think there's just some fantastic people out there you know you Steve Maxwell Mark Sisson is another guy I think he's probably close to 70 yeah. um, out there and what they're doing and you know I think there's tons of resources I mean I think guys will like how come you don't run out of gas when you're sparring what do you do? And I'll tell him like, well, I'm mixed up on the other side of the gym. I do all, all of those workouts 
I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my programming to be well-rounded, you know, for what's in my lane. And I've got to, you know, sometimes modify that and not, you know, and be diverse. So it works for everybody in the gym. But I'm like so many, I'm like, do a couple of those workouts mm-hmm. that, you know, that's part of my fitness routine. Oh, well, I'm just lifting weights. We'll keep lifting weights and running out of gas. Yeah. You got to be well-rounded right. and I'm pointing in a direction. Like I'm doing one of my workouts. Like that's why I'm not running out of gas right now. Cause I'm lifting <laughs> weights and I'm doing other style of workouts that I'm just going, going, going mm-hmm. and not stopping. And that's a fight. You can't stop. Can't stop. Right. You got to keep it going. And that's what makes your gym so great. Um, because you focus on that. It's 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 the authenticity of of real people doing doing it right. There's no there's no fluff here. You get what you get. You you walk in the door. You get a good mix. Um, you got someone who who is like me, who is that bigger, more aggressive person, and someone like you, who is more of that. You definitely have a more more of a fighter. Um, kind of technique to you and then you get other coaches and you look at other coaches and, and we're all very different but but we're all doing it in in truthfulness of who we are um, and I think that's what makes it great because you're really focused on just hey come as you are and we'll work with that we're not gonna try to make you into something else we're gonna build you into the best you you can be and I think that's you know what what sets it apart and you know, I know sometimes we, you and I both get discouraged because I get discouraged at my church because I, I take the same approach with the church. You know, I mean, a lot of people know me, but I'm not out there bumping, you know, beating you over the head with, with church and stuff like that. It's like, I, I'm just living it. And, and I hope that my example maybe um, intrigues you to ask a question, right? Um, you come to my church, you know, I'm going to teach the Bible, but, but I'm going to teach it. And I'm going to be straight up in your face with it. And a lot of people don't like that. And so a lot of people don't like to be confronted with the, with the weaknesses that they have when they come to this gym. And they just want to be on that trend. And they want it this, this false puffing up. Um, but that leads to disaster in both, both areas, the church yeah. and here. And I think that's, it, it's, a, it's a diamond in the rough in, in, in both places. And I think, um, man, I wish more people would realize it and... and and see what the opportunity is here because you have that with all your coaches and that's the atmosphere that you've created here. And that's why, you know, if somebody hasn't given this a chance, they should come and give it a chance. Well, thanks that. I think that's a great place to end. And, you know, you uh, really put it uh, better than I could (laughs) that, you know, I'm here trying to build people up and, you know, I, it's that diamond in the rough, like you said. Mm-hmm. I love helping people. All the coaches here love helping people get better at whoever they are. Because you don't, you can be the Mack truck. You can be the smaller person. It doesn't matter. We all have to protect ourselves, be fit, be stronger mm-hmm. individuals because you're going to be better. I mean, recently I had a mom that was doing our fitness class and the kids told her, Mom. You're so much happier the last couple days. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're working out. You're a better person. You're a better mom. You're a better dad because she tended her own. She took some time for herself as a busy mom to get in for a 45-minute workout. Mm -hmm. And you're happier, lo and behold, because you're not letting those weeds grow. Right. So uh, we'll wrap it up. 
I would love to have another conversation. Uh, if you guys have comments, please leave those in the comments. Or if you have any questions, leave those in there. We'd love to address those. So you guys can find us at rmsdf.com. You can give us a call, 720-504-5959. You can visit our online training portal at clearsky.training. And of course, we're on all the socials as rmsdf and clearsky.training. This is John Hallett with the John Hallett Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.